It's time for your weekly trip inside the ropes and behind the scenes of the Australian golf industry. Welcome to another episode of the Australian Golf Show with Tiffany Cherry and Mark Allen. Great to have you join us as we take you inside the ropes. Welcome, Marco. How are uh, yeah, a lot to see inside these ropes too this week, <laughs> Tiff. Absolutely. Uh, and some of the golf, honestly, I want to talk about Minwoo. Make sure you ask me about Minwoo Lee in a little oh, cool. bit. Um, some of the golf being played on the LPGA Tour is beyond belief. I mean, I'm going, to, I'm going to read you some statistics very, very soon uh, about Jin Young Ko, who has done some stuff that is just Incredible. Have you been playing? I know we, we had a lesson a little while ago. Have you managed to get back out in the yes, driving I've been, range? I've played or do nine something? holes and I went down to the driving range as well. I got I actually got a little bit of a sore back after we hit 150 yeah. points. <laughs> but to let that settle down, a few uh, stretches every morning. Uh, but that's always good. You know, your body deconditions during COVID. So uh, good to get the stretches back in just, shape. Let's just get to it. Let's just get straight. Let's throw in Jin Young Co. I want you to listen to this because these stats are mind blowing. Uh, we've just seen her win the uh, LPGA Tour final tournament, the CM, yep. the CME Group race to the race, race to that. In her last twenty six rounds of golf, twenty five of those have been in the sixties. Think about that. Uh, One hundred twenty five of the last twenty six rounds in the sixties. Incredible. She's negative one hundred twelve in the last of seven events. One hundred twelve under par in seven events. Uh, 16 rounds of 66 or better in 2021. Now, just hang on to your hat because what I'm about <laughs> to read next blows those yep. stats yes. out of the water, and I've never seen anything like it. In this tournament, the final tournament of the LPGA circuit, she hit 18 greens on Sunday. She, she hit 18 greens on Saturday. She hit 18 greens on <laughs> Friday, and in her first round, she hit the last nine greens. That is phenomenal. So she has hit 63 greens in a row. Consecutive. Now, you said Tiger Woods, obviously one of, if yeah. not the greatest. What is, what's his best? Well, in his best year ever. So, in, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> in his best year ever, 2000, when he won the Tiger Slam. Yep. The record amount of greens he hit in a row for that entire year was 29. So hang on. So 29. In the best, so to, most people Jin will Young tell you. Young Ko has hit 63 and Tiger Woods' best is 29. In Tiger Woods' best year, so I don't know what his best is, but in his best year of golf ever, his best year, and most of us think, uh, who have been watching the game for a long time, that's the best year of golf we've ever seen. Yep. And we'll never – the Tiger Slam won four majors in a row plus the Players' Championship. He won that as well. So he won the five biggest tournaments in a row. And the most amount of greens that he hit in a row in that season, in that stretch, was 29. That's phenomenal. This young lady's hit 63 greens in a row. That, that, that is beyond belief. Now, for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, the, the way you get a par, you know, par threes, par yep. fours, par fives, very rarely there's par sixes out there, but you're always given two putts. So you have to be on that green on the par five in three shots. And in a par four, you have to be on that green in two shots. And a par three, you've got to hit the green. And that counts as a stat. So in my career, I played for 15 years, and I'm guessing because, you know, I reckon I would have hit 18 greens four times. 
in my whole wow. you know, in my whole professional career because it just doesn't happen very often. And, and, Even Tiger yeah. Woods hasn't done it that often. And she's twenty four, I believe, from Korea, and yeah, she's 20... finished. She's finished number two in the world yeah. uh, behind yeah. Nelly Quarter, which just goes to show how good yeah. Nelly Quarter is. But to do it in the last tournament of the year where the mm. pressure's on and she has to win this tournament to win the race too, to, to, to hit six, the last 63 rings of the tournament, I, I've never, ever heard, I've never, well, I've I never seen it before. The, yeah, I've never well, seen it the, before. None of the record books had either. And, and to take uh, also as a nice little thanks very much, at Paycheck. Yeah. Paycheck was 1.5 million, the biggest in LPGA yeah. paycheck yeah. in history, which is 1.5 million US, which is, yeah. which is just over two million Aussie. <laughs> Look, Thank I've seen much. I've seen some golfers. Yeah, they hit 68 greens of 72, yeah. but the missed greens are kind of scattered throughout. Yeah. You know, you you might you might miss a green in the first round, you might miss a couple of greens in the in the third round, and you miss one more in the in the fourth. But the streak of 63 in a row, oh. I've never heard anything like it in my life. Wouldn't you love to get inside of mine and just just ask her, what what is it? What are you thinking of? Well, she's well, not even thinking. She's just in the mind. She's just yeah. absolutely in the zone. Well, the masterclass will be on how this is possible later. Right. Be, be, because, right. and I won't give the masterclass away. You've got to hang around to listen to it. But if that that is repetition. So Ben Hogan's probably... You know, he's the most famous golfer in the world who owned his swing, which means he really knew where the ball was going um, for a long period of time in his professional career. I think Tiger Woods is actually jealous of Ben Hogan's reputation, <laughs> just, to, just to put that in perspective. Um, so uh, the repetition is the key. All right. And there's, there's one thing that's, that not, not many golfers work on enough in my book, and, and, I'll, and I'll talk about this a little, little bit later. Um, did you see Rory McIlroy? I was just about to say, have you ever, ever ripped your shirt? No. I know you've thrown a club. I think we've all thrown a club. Yeah, have you I've ever ripped a your shirt? I've thrown a club. Off? I've thrown a club and got a $500 fine early in my career. Uh, never did that again. Uh, we've seen Rory helicopter the three iron into Arnold Palmer's, one of Arnold Palmer's big lakes at Bay Hill. Uh, but I've never seen anyone get in the locker room and uh, World Wrestling Federation style <laughs> Rip their shirt to bits. He watches now. Look, I don't think there's any uh, video footage of what actually happened. Um, there's a picture after though, and, and uh, you know what? I think he should I even like be it. be fine for the shirt he was wearing. I like it. What I, was the I, design on it? Hey, speaking of design, <laughs> yeah. I noticed. Uh, follow your tweets, of course, and yeah. I noticed you were wearing some uh, nice little penguin shoes that you designed. Now, what's yeah. going on here with is it with Titleist? <laughs> yeah, look. Well, I'll, I'll declare. I'll put my cards on the table. I'm a Titleist brand ambassador, is what they're called yep. these days. Yep. So, I do some work for Titleist, and and in return, you know, I get to um, make my own shoes. Now, you know, coming from Australia, and, and uh, you know, when I was a kid, we only had Niblick shoes, which were, which is a hark back to the past. And there was only you know one or two type of designs that you could get your hands on. But these days, Footjoy. Um, you can go to the footjoy.com.au website yep. and you can fiddle around and you can design your own shoes. Smoke golf shoes. Yeah, yeah. You can That's and, great. And, and, and more and more people are doing it. I mean, you can buy the shoe. Look, the, the shoe might cost, I don't know, 250 bucks, $300, something like that. I don't know. Uh, but for an extra 80 bucks, you can create your own look. 
So, just hope that the golf club lets you on with them. <laughs> so what inspired yours? We are talking about to Kari Webb last week about how she's going to, insp- you know, what's inspiring her for that Kari Webb Cup. What inspired you for your golf shoes? Get on and follow Mark Allen as well. The golf handle. What's your Twitter uh, handle? I just Mark Allen Golf. Um, there you go. Go and have Mark a look Allen at the golf. shoes and let us know if you like them or not. Yeah, and I put the link on there too. So if you, if you want to actually go, you can – Push the link. Once you're in, you can push this little red button and you can start your design. It's for men and women. So yeah. there's women's shoes and men's shoes in there as well. Um, I, look, I, 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 wore, I wear a lot of blues. I always have. I just I like blue. So I had one uh, saddle. that was such a white shoe with a saddle yep. with a couple of different blues in there. Yep. And the other one, um, I, I don't wear black golf shoes anymore. Just, but, I, you know, you need some black you know, in yeah. your life. Particularly if you, particularly if you live in Melbourne. I think we're all famous for wearing yes. black in this yes. town. Yes. Anyway, so I've got a white pair of shoes with a black saddle and a black and white hound's tooth, you know, like David Jones. Yep, yep, so yep, that's yep. in there as well. Very just to, just Just to break it up. So, you know, if you ever wear, you know, a, a black pair of shorts or a black pair of pants, it's, you know, it always oh. looks the best when you've got a little bit of black on your shoes. So, look, uh, thanks to Titleist for doing that. You know what? I, I, I've got a feeling in the back of my mind that the big companies in this, uh, in this country are going to be very helpful with getting more and more people in the golf. Absolutely. And I think at some stage we probably need to get some of these companies on when their clubs come out. So, for instance, Strixon, yep. I've just noticed that they've signed Brooks Kepka. Yes. Um, so Brooks was not using any brand of clubs for a long time. He, he wasn't, you know, he had a plain bag uh, for, uh, for what's the best term. So he wasn't. He wasn't a part of Callaway. He wasn't a part of Ping. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a plain bag and he was using Strix and clubs and I think he had a tailor-made driver and yeah, I think he was using the Tyler's golf ball as well. Um, was it a he, statement or was it was he trying to make a statement or just he hadn't decided he just liked a bit of this and a bit of that? That's a reasonable question. Uh, I think sometimes uh, when you are making lots of money on the golf course, you don't need to sign mm. uh, up to and 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 basically force your hand to, to what clubs you want to use. And, and there are there is a there's a different kind of club counts as well on the US tour and, and the LPGA tour. There's the club count, which you know when you step onto the first tee, someone goes through your bag and they basically say what clubs you're using. Yep. This is very good for the marketing purposes of the big brand companies. But there's a secret one. And the secret one that no one ever gets to see um, is the club count of the players who aren't signed up. Uh So the best players in the world, what they're using when they're not paid to use that golf club. Now, that's a really interesting one. And I'm going to try and get my hands on it down the track because when we get these people on, we'll say, you know, as a matter of fact, the Strix and Nines are being used more by players who aren't being paid. So you actually Mm. find out what the best best players in the world, what they're using when they're not paid. So they can actually go out and just choose the absolute best. Mm. So for Brooks Kepka to to sign on and be a Strixon player moving forward, that's significant in the golfing world because he's a superstar. I mean, Mm. he gets in the position to win a major and he wins majors. Uh, I think, you know, probably the dominance in the major, uh, we haven't seen anything like it probably since... You know, Kari, we're back in her day, yeah, Tiger Woods, mm. those sorts of players. When Wood Brooks was in range of winning a major and he wasn't injured, he was winning majors. Mm. So it's a it's a huge get for Shrixen, a mm. huge get and a, and a monster tick 
for their golf clubs. I know a couple of players that, you know, people I play with who have got their clubs and they absolutely love them. So we might have to get uh, Kingy on uh, from Strix and, uh, yes. and and talk about their clubs. And and uh, we're going to say, even though I'm a Titleist player, I want to make sure we go to everybody. Ping, absolutely. Alame, I, I, I use uh, Callaway. You're a Callaway girl. Uh, your clubs are perfect, actually. Whoever, you like whoever, whoever got your clubs for you. I went down to Callaway about job. eight years ago, and they measured me up and I got me in front of the machine, and I mm. did some drives and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, a bit of putting, and yeah, and then that's what yeah. I ended up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you start out, it's very basic, and you want to keep it nice yeah. and basic. So if you're getting your partner, or if you're getting one of your kids uh, a set of golf clubs to use, you know, less is more usually at this point, yep. and then yeah, and you really uncomplicate golf. That's that's very important. So if you're getting into the game, you don't need 14 clubs. Mm. You really don't. Ten will do. What, and for fact, kids, you might only need you know six. Yep. Six, and what would those six perfect. be? If someone's listening now, parent, what would they oh, be? Well, look, uh, I, I, for my son, I, I was with TaylorMade about uh, you know seven years ago, and they had these beautiful TaylorMade junior sets, and it was very simple. They, it was a sand iron, yep. a nine iron, a seven iron, a five hybrid, uh, basically a five wood and a driver. That's it. So there, about, there's six and a putter. putter? Yeah, it's, and, and a putter. Yeah. So there's seven clubs. Yep. And and my boy was 10 years old and I got him the um, the club set that's recommended for 10 to 12-year-olds. Yep. And he's 14 now and still using the same set. And the, and the same set is absolutely perfect for him. Mm. So, you know, like I said, you, you try and be basic. But I'm really keen to get those you know, these people on and promote their clubs and tell us why their clubs are the ones for, you know, people listening to the podcast to use. Absolutely. All right. Well, look, we've got so much to get through on this show, including our cherry pick this week, Marco. Not yet typical. This is an 11-year-old girl from Sydney who couldn't find any sporting magazine online or bought in a shop that represented her. Now, this is a big message, her interests, her heroes, stories that she found interesting, not not an older person writing them or a man writing them for her. So she created her own. It's called Her Way, and we'll chat with the founder and editor, Abby, shortly. So stick around. Welcome back to the Australian Golf Show. This week's Cherry Picked is not your typical guest, and I say that because she's 11 years old and she loves golf. She loves all sports, but she's actually a sports fan. She doesn't actually play. Um, she doesn't play golf. And she's done something that I've never done. And I, I certainly don't think Marco has ever done it before. And that's start her own sports magazine. So welcome, Abby, the founder and editor of a digital publication, Her Way Magazine. Great to have you on the Australian Golf Show. Hello, thanks for having me on. Yes. So tell us what was the uh, what was the catalyst behind the, you getting this started? What what drove you to to start your own magazine? Um, well, I kind of got the idea when I was I guess I was just in general looking around and I realized that there were no magazines kind of just about women's sport and I really wanted to I guess from while I just wanted wanting to be making a magazine of my own because I have quite a few. So it was when my dad got me and my sister a magazine about, it wasn't about, it was about um, women, but it wasn't about them in sport. It was about them doing like acting and singing. So I was like, why aren't there any magazines about women's sport? And my dad said, why don't you make one? And I guess um, a few weeks before I'd actually, because I made um, the school, I had to make a game for my family to play. So I decided to make a Monopoly board game because it's my favorite um, board game to play. And I made a, um, female Olympians edition. Awesome. 
Um, and Hannah Green, golfer, um, she saw it and I got to chat to her um, for about 20 minutes and I decided that I could use that as like a big interview in it. So I guess um, Hannah was kind of the inspiration, but also me just like realising that there weren't any magazines just about women's sport. Not bad getting one of Australia's <laughs> best golfers uh, as a, one of your first first interviews. What was that like to to sit down and interview Hannah for that first time? Um, it was pretty cool. Um, it, it was really cool. I enjoyed it, although I was quite nervous and I I had a few things I'd wanted to ask her and I guess the chat wasn't too long because I didn't exactly know, I guess, why I was doing it. But I guess if I hadn't um, chatted to Hannah, I wouldn't have started the magazine because I might still have started it, but I wouldn't have had any interviews and it might not have been as good. The first issue might not have been as good. So, um, yeah, but it was really cool to talk to Hannah and she was really nice. And what did you learn from that interview? What did you um, find out? I learned, I didn't know, I don't know, I didn't know much about golf at that at the time, but I think it. I just, I just learned a bit about her, quite a bit about her and just about, I guess, golf in general. And um, I, I did ask one question, which I was really interested, which was how far can you hit a golf ball? So now I guess <laughs> I know the average on how far. Um, a female golfer can hit a ball. Yeah, fabulous. And so who are the, some of the other big names that you've been able to interview? Um, I can't name um, a few of them which have been really big because it's a surprise for the third issue, but I have got to talk to, to chat to um, Olympian BMX rider, um, Saya Sakakabara. Um, she was probably, she's probably one of the biggest names I've um, got, got, got into chat to so far and she was really nice and I've um, I've done. I've got to. I've gotten to chat to a few other big names, and some of them I've got to. I guess meet them in person. One I actually did, which is really cool. But yeah, I've got to chat to quite a few big names. I guess. Fantastic. So who's on your hit list? You can't obviously reveal who's coming up in the third <laughs> publication, but who would you love to chat to that you haven't been able to reach out to yet? Um, I have reached out to quite a few people on my list because I've got a. I've got a massive list, which is probably if I it's got some of the people I'd most want to talk to. But if I put everyone down, it would probably be about 20 pages long. But if you um, could pick <laughs> if you could pick one or two, a, a female and are they all only female sports women? Are they um, yeah. males? Yep. OK, so um, who would who would be your top your top two? If I could pick two, I guess um, one would be Jess Fox. Um, I think she was really cool in the Olympics, so she'd probably be one of the big names um although she's not from Australia um skateboarder Sky Brown she's also really cool um she's only 13 as well so I think um um those would be really cool people to talk to but yeah I've got a, a really long list I've been able to check off a few actually which has been cool yeah that's awesome and what plans do you have for the magazine so her way is the, ma- is the magazine and and then yeah. how do how do people buy it um well, I plan to keep making um, future issues as I guess as long as I can, and um, I do have social media. Well, the magazine has social media where you can buy the magazine. Um, it's also got a website, so you can I guess search up Hoei Magazine or Abby Hoei Magazine on um, Google to find it. And yeah, there are two issues two issues available now, and I'm currently making a third one. And what has the feedback been so far from 
two parts of this question, your friends and your family, but your friends, you know, those of you, you, your your school friends especially, and also just people that you don't know who have bought it? Um, I think this response to the magazine has been, it's definitely exploded, I guess, and a lot of people have bought it and seen it and heard about it. Um, I think my friends and family, they quite a few of my, I think a few of my friends and a few of my family have bought it and one of my teachers actually bought the magazine as well um I'm I think they think it's really cool but I'm not sure if they understand the whole thing the whole time um I was on BTN which um I guess is a kind of a kids news show which I I was on a few a week ago and it was cool because I got to watch it with my class and I think that's when they kind of first realized that it was kind of actually a big deal and not just a little thing I'd started at home and I think um, what it's been like from the public, I guess, has and, been that, oh, yeah. No, I was, sorry, keep going. Oh, um, that a lot of people have um, heard about and I've asked, I've been asked to go on quite a few radios and podcasts and now I'm on this one and, yeah, um, I think it's, I just did not expect any of this and a few people have offered to help and I guess send photos and People have been responding when I've been like DMing them on Instagram and it's been really cool. And that teacher that bought the magazine, did she mark it? Did she give you any feedback <laughs> um, <laughs> from a grammatical perspective? I do know a few. Of, um, um, I know she did buy it, but one of my other teachers would, um, has came up to me in the playground and said, you star. So. <laughs> ah, that's great. And now let's go back to golf. So if you were to take up the, the game, you're 11 years old, what would attract you to the game of golf now that you know a little bit about it? Um, well, a few months ago, I actually went with my um, footy team to a golf driving range. So I think the thing that I was really fun and I kept getting better every ball, though I wasn't very good. Um, I think the thing I enjoy the most about it or that would really make me want to do it would be just, I guess, getting to whack the ball. I think it's a really good feeling, although I'm not very good at it. But I think, I think it's also not a sport you have to I guess run around a lot like a sport like AFLW or something like that so I think mostly just the feeling when you hit the ball and it's a good one because I know I did a few of those. Well hopefully you'll be reporting more on golf in future publications so Abby well done on a remarkable effort and the innovation of what you've done so far and uh, the future is very bright and it's wonderful to have people like yourself following sport and promoting women and girls sport it really is and we need more of it so congratulations to do to you for starting her way magazine thanks so much i really appreciate it and we look forward to hopefully uh, seeing you at future golfing events uh, with the report <laughs> with the microphone in hand and and asking some great questions Yeah, I hope I can maybe go to a few golf tournaments sometime. All right, Abby, well done. Thanks. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Australian Golf Show. And, Marco, you said at the top um, that Minwoo Lee was, uh, obviously we've been speaking about it the last three or four weeks with the gazelle, Martin Blake, about where he is and and if he can break into the top 50. So let's check in with Martin now to see at season's end exactly where he is in the world rankings. Hello, Mark. Hello, Martin. Hey, Tiff. Hello, Marco. Um, it's been interesting watching Minwoo the last few weeks, hasn't it? Just with that that ranking thing, we saw this with Lucas Herbert 
a little bit prior to that. And Lucas, of course, is well inside the top 50 now. I can tell you that uh, Minwoo's manager tells me that we're recording this on a Tuesday. The rankings come out later today. Uh, he's going to stay where he was, which is 51 in the world. So he's... Where did he <laughs> yes, finish, Martin? He's... He finished about 19th. He finished tied 16th, 16th in Dubai over the weekend mm-hmm. in, a, in a high ranking field. Um, played pretty well, particularly towards the end, but didn't move up. But his manager, Brent, uh, tells me that he's projected to come into 48 by year's end. That's what they think is going to happen. Now, how can that happen? He's not playing again in this calendar year. Well, uh, Marco, you would understand mm. this. The, the world ranking is a two-year rolling ranking. Right. So Minwoo is having, uh, I think, two or three events from two years ago drop off his ranking over the next few weeks, even though he's not mm. playing and that will allow him to go up a couple of spots. So what we what he needs is to be inside the top 50 at, at year's end, and that will mm. get him into the Masters. And mm. we think it's going to happen, but we won't we won't know for a few weeks now. I'm actually having a chat with uh, Minwoo Lee from Perth at uh, tomorrow with some some of the media, and he's going to be in quarantine for a couple of weeks. And he is playing. Uh, and this is big for Queensland. He's playing in the Australian PGA Championship yeah. at Royal Queensland in January. So he'll, he'll, with a number of the other players not able to, to get back through various quarantine border closures and then get back to America, Minwoo is going to do it. So um, He's a big draw card, isn't he, Martin? He, he will be the draw card. Yeah. I mean, he hits the ball so far. And mm. I, Marco, I can't recall whether you said you'd played with him, but he hits this stinger thing, which is quite extraordinary. Uh, it's a sort of a two-iron thing that goes about 300 yards and never really goes more than about head height. It's a, it's an incredible thing. He he did pick up 75,000 euro for that performance last weekend. And because he's had such a good year rising, you know, well over a hundred spots in the world rankings, he, he's picked up 200,000 us from the bonus pool as well for the European tour. So nice. it's been a massive year for him. I mean, he's 23 years old. I've mentioned him, mentioned that quite a few times before we, we've got such a good group of young players at the moment morikawa colin morikawa won that event a player i love to watch tiff i'm sure you you love as well he's just yep. an incredible iron player he just hits the ball so straight it's interesting he's number two in the world now um and only a point behind john Rahm, who didn't play mm. in dubai um Colin Morikawa can be number one in the world in the next few weeks if he he's playing in tiger woods's tournament um, in the Bahamas, and uh, you know, if he plays well that week, he could go to number one. Hey, we saw Tiger uh, hitting some balls. Is oh it, wow! Yeah, how good that's did it look? That's always a good week, isn't it, to see that one, one shot, one yep. shot. We saw saw him hitting a short iron on the driving range. He had a sleeve on his sore leg. I I had some info about that. Now you can now bet on Tiger Woods winning the Masters. How about that? (laughs) As a a result of that video going viral, you can now bet his odds are $35, which is not particularly good. I I wouldn't have thought that's that's great. You know, he didn't, he wasn't exactly munching it out there, was he? But it looked looked pretty good. Uh, Very smooth. Can I just, can I just, but in guys, um, just looking at his golf swing, um, you could really see what was going on with that right leg. Now he, he, Every Just time I've ever watched, it, was he? every time I've watched him swing the golf club, his head never goes back off the shot. It never has. In fact, it usually goes down a little down. bit, yeah. and then down again. So you could really see the protection. So he, he's trying to turn his hips more. I, I could tell that, and what that does is it does put a little bit of um, 
pressure on that right knee. So the fact that he's just swinging a club was brilliant. The, the way his arms and shoulders were working, superb. But just the brace of the right knee certainly needs some work. So I can imagine, you know, you, you know, when you see the um, the videos that he puts out about doing the squats and all that kind of stuff, uh, he he needs to get that going. Uh, but one of the things that he will be working on next time we have a look at that that one swing that's uh, boomed around the world, just watch his head go about two inches backwards when he swings the club. He's never done that before in his life, and that's certainly something that he'll be working on. So will that mean? Will he lose distance for that? Uh, I don't think so. If he can keep his shoulder turn, so in, in the golf swing, your shoulder turn, your shoulder turn is your horsepower, mm. and then your, your turbo charge is the hand action. Uh, at the bottom near the ball and those combined give you you know the, the enormous distances that we see the best players hitting both on the men's and the women's so I, I don't think the shoulder turn is going to be an issue if he can keep on turning his hips but just having enough strength in the leg to be able to brace all that weight and then initiate the downswing uh, that's going to be the test but you know from what we saw yesterday if this is just the very very start of him coming back then i wouldn't be surprised in january and february that he's hitting full shots again mm. how many views do you reckon it got on twitter guys oh uh-huh. all right i'm going to say two million i don't know it's running at 7.1 million <laughs> well i watched it about and it was all times it was maybe. also it was also on instagram so uh you know it's unbelievable numbers Twenty five thousand retweets uh oh, yeah un- unbelievable the, the tiger the tiger influence imagine what it would be like if he could if he could tee it up at the masters yeah. next year i mean right. it, it does appear now doesn't it that he is mm. going to try and come back and yep. um whether he runs into problems along the way whether he he gets setbacks i, I don't know whether he can do it but but it, you know right at the moment you'd have to say there's a chance it, it would be ridiculous the gallery i mean oh. to get a ticket you know, the last couple of years, it's been awkward. You know, we've seen a Masters in, when was it, November? We've seen another one back in April where it belonged. Um, I, I think it's going to be full tilt again over in the States for, for actually going. Um, they always say they only let about 20,000 through. I reckon they're fudging the numbers. When you when you go there, uh, if there's not thirty five or 40,000 people through the gates on a Saturday and the Sunday, then I'm not here. Oh, it's but I reckon, the top of my bucket list. I reckon 15,000 would be following one group. And that's the group that Tiger Woods is Absolutely. in on the Thursday and Friday. It'll get, to me, if he gets, if he can make the cut at Augusta, uh, that's a win. Mm. It is a, a full-on win. And then hopefully uh, he's got his game back and played enough golf to really challenge and get those odds down, Martin, to about uh, 15 to 1. <laughs> I was going to say, so maybe don't even take the 35 to 1 no. even as, uh, as tempting as that might be. Hey, Martin, we've got so top five finishes for Australia's, Australia's women's and men's uh, number one. That's right. Minji Lee played on the in the LPGA Tour Championship and, and finished inside the top five, completing a, a terrific year mm. for her. She's sitting at number seven in the world. She won her first major this year, so she'll be a she'll be a contender for the Greg Norman Medal, which will be done a little later this year. And Cam Smith finished really strongly. I think sixty four in the last round to to go in the in the top five at Sea Island. So it was, yep. a, it was a pretty good week for the Australians. The uh, the US Tour is now finished uh, for the calendar year, other than the uh, novelty type events like Tiger's exhibition event and the the Greg Norman uh, you know teams thing. So and the European Tour is finished as well. So we're we're coming to a quieter period. Although in Australia we're not we're only a, a week or so away from uh, the Victorian PGA, which is the first of yep. of the summer of golf here. So you know we we obviously we lost the 
Australian Open men's and the Australian Open women's, and a few people have sort of said, oh, well, there's not much left. Well, that's not true. I mean, we've got the Australian PGA in Queensland, which now has a women's element to it. We've got there's three or maybe even four Players Series events, and there's a number of state opens. Mm. The Vic Open will be on in in January. They haven't really announced that yet, but that's coming. So uh, I think there's going to be about 14 tournaments for the players. So so that's good. I noticed that, um, yeah. What, what what's the how, how do you win the Greg Norman Medal? Is it, is it just for the best season, or is it yes. uh, Is it a bit like the you know best. the Bradman Award, which is you know the the sports person who inspired a nation? What, what's behind it? Because when you look at Minwoo Lee, you know potentially getting into the top fifty in the world, coming from where he came from, and then Lucas Herbert as well. Yeah, um, you know what the, he did, winning in Europe and then winning again in the states, and you know possibly you know setting his career up, and then you you know. When we look at Minji Lee, she's yes. up there every year. She's well, up Minji. there every single year. So how, yeah. how do you actually we, – we need to find that out. How do you win the Greg Norman medal? Well, it's a, it's the best Australian player across the calendar year. Right. So That's so uh, Minji is going to be, you know, hard to beat having won a, a major. Mm. But then again, uh, Lucas Herbert won in – that's right, isn't he? He won in both Europe and America. So, yeah. um, that, that you know, he'd be a contender. Uh, Hannah Green's had a solid year but wouldn't be winning the medal. Uh, she's Cameron previously Smith. won it. Yeah, that, Cameron Smith would so be the other one. Yeah, he's had. Uh, so he's that last weekend was his fourth top ten finish. His past seven starts. Hmm. Yeah, very very consistent Cam, and obviously played pretty well at at the Olympic Games hmm. as well. So that'll be interesting to see who who, who wins that. Uh, Lucas Herbert, I did mention. Um, did an interview a couple of days ago with a Scottish newspaper where he said he's going to play both tours in 2022, which is interesting because wow. he's mm. he's picked up his playing rights in America, but he retains playing rights in Europe because he won uh, mm. won there this year. So he's got two years there if he wants. Uh, not to easy see- to, to do that, particularly in a COVID times. Well, interesting uh, also to see how it, it takes its toll physically and mentally. On the back of Bermuda, we saw him, he won there and then he just, you know, away, drops yeah. felt yeah because uh, and it spoke to his coach and he said look we just have to get him fitter and stronger but that's- we've, we've seen players um, say this in the past it it doesn't work in in the in now when we've got the world golf championships and you've got those you know ten tournaments that count on both tours so the majors the players championship yeah. the world golf championships they count on both tours yeah it can be done if Lucas can get in the top fifty in the world. Then yeah, you can potentially play both tours. That's why you see Colin well, he's in there now, mate. winning yeah, in yeah, Europe. Yeah. He's forty three now. Okay, yeah. well then, yeah. then that's very, very possible to play enough tournaments on both tours to where you can get to the race yeah. to Dubai, or you can, um, you know, which is going to be called the World Tour next year, or you can, you know, for the the FedEx Cup as well. So, thankfully, you know, there are there are enough tournaments big ones that he'll get into now that count on both tours. This is pretty much possible. So I think that that's his planning, Marco. It's to do what, to try to do what Morikawa did this year, and there's such big money on the line with the Tour Championship in Europe. So if you can play that, say ten events, um, you know, and play well enough and get get into that, you can, you know, yeah. Morikawa won the the European, you know, the race to Dubai. Yeah, well, that's that's where those World Golf Championships are so valuable if you get in the top fifty because there's usually only seventy people in the field, and you know the bottom ten. Uh, players who get into those tournaments, you know, they've got in, you know, almost as favours to the world tours around the planet. So you might only have 60 bucks to play against in the World Golf Championships. So they are so valuable because if you can sneak in the top half, the points, 
seem to keep you in that top 50. It's like, like the Australian cricket team. Once you get in the top 50, um, it's quite hard to get out yeah. of the top 50 yeah. if you're playing half reasonable. Mm. Unless you send uh, unusual pictures to certain people. Yeah, I won't go into anyone. Now, Lewis, for sure. Lewis Hoth uh, from Royal Pines and Caitlin Pierce from Royal Adelaide won the Tasmanian yeah. Amateur in Mowbray yesterday. Congratulations to them. They're both terrific young players. The Golf Australia has named their Order of Merit Award from next year after Ross Herbert. Did you ever come across him, Marco? He's yeah, the one, original, wonderful coach. original coach of the AIS. Um, yeah, okay. uh, the late Ross Herbert, his name will now go on that award. I, I rather like he, right, he was, that, that as a he, gesture. He was a wonderful coach and an even better human being. Uh, that's that's where Ross Herbert, Ross, he, that's where he was thought of. I mean, just a the star. Membership numbers, club membership numbers are going to come out later this week. We record, as I mentioned before, we're recording on a on a Tuesday. This this is big. You know, um, they're going to be over six percent up. Uh, that's great. Now, that doesn't perhaps doesn't sound like much, but that's against a twenty year trend of going down about one percent mm-hmm. a year. So. We're just uh, we're going to be back up over four hundred thousand club members in Australia. That doesn't count anything to do with public golf or people hitting on driving ranges. That hey, sort just of on thing. that, just on yeah. that, Martin. I, they came across those stats. Three million Aussies played some form of golf in the last twelve months, which is just under one. So one in nine, basically. Yeah. Of that, sixty um, percent. So one point eight million didn't actually play on a golf course. Like didn't play. Nine or 18 holes. So they played, they were driving range, mini golf. That's amazing. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah. A lot of people are what what they call ball hitters. They just go to the range and then they might play one game of golf on a course during the year. So uh, look, the Australian golf strategy is coming out next month. And that's one of the key planks of it is that all golf is golf. And Mm -hmm. we have to learn as an industry, we need to learn how to talk to those people and engage with them because you try to bring them along the line. And the last point in the line is that you're a club member and you're playing golf every Saturday in a comp, you know, um, but there's a lot of steps up to that. And the idea is to bring them along that line. Yeah. And it's not for everyone. I just, I think, as you say, all golf is golf. If someone just decides that going to the driving range is what they want to do or mini golf or playing, you know, five for five, as we had saw in the visionary of the year, which, by the way, the um, nominations have closed for that. So voting has closed. So they'll, Golf Australia will announce the visionary of the year, the inaugural winner uh, yeah. on uh, November the 30th. So good luck to, what is it, Medway, Nyanga, Shepparton and the Vines. Yeah, well, even you mentioned uh, mini golf, Tiff. I mean, it, it might be, well be the answer to some of our problems in golf. Mm. Is it? Uh, there's a club a club called Maruchi River who had a big debate within the club fairly recently about whether to put. They decided they were going to put a new mini golf centre in there, uh, and they had to, you know, make some changes to do that. It was a big argument in the club. They put it in, and it's it's, it's funding their, you know, their new deck on their clubhouse. So, you know, those things are very popular. And, um, you know, at golf, I work for, obviously work for Golf Australia. I mean, we've got to work out how to engage with these these people who start at these facilities yep. because at the moment we don't really know who they are or, or what they want, but you know, we're, we're onto it. Don't worry about that. Martin, what we've seen around the world is the, the mini golf phenomenon, which is, which is amazing. There are some golf clubs um, that think that then that the mini golf isn't for them. And what they've done instead is put a Himalayas golf putting course yeah. in. Yeah. Um, now St. Andrews, you know, very famous for this. So, so many people go to visit St. Andrews and, and, you know, the, the dad might play golf. Um, and then the family members who uh, aren't golfers, they go and start 
putting on the Himalayan putting course. So it's Scotland's version of mini golf. And they have found that the amount of people who start on the Himalayan putting course, uh, just Google it, folks, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Can you tell us what what it is, a Himalayan putting course? Well, it's just this enormous putting green. And like the name suggests, there are humps and bumps and hollows all the way across it. Uh, And it's nicknamed the Himalayan putting putting course. Um, So Dad might be out playing one of the courses at St Andrews, the family pops out and has a bit of a putt on this thing. And that's how so many kids in Scotland and Ireland and and other places with them get started because they enjoy it. It's it's a form of of mini golf. And, you know, like I was saying before, the, the mini golf setup isn't for every club, but the Himalayan putting course certainly can be. And whether there's 18 holes or nine holes, it doesn't matter, but away you go. Yeah. Incidentally, there's one at the new Australian Golf Centre, a Himalayan putting green at the new Australian Golf Centre in Sandy Links in Melbourne. Uh, It hasn't quite opened yet, but you can see it coming together. But the key word with all that is fun. Uh, Golf, in this national strategy, one of the things that's been identified is golf takes itself too seriously. We've got to learn how to make people have fun playing golf. Allow them to stop, stop telling them they can't. You know, wear some colour socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let them let them be fun. themselves. Fun. It's a simple. And golf as that. is for fun. all. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to have some fun listening to Marco's masterclass coming up very shortly as we get inside the head of Mark Allen. Oh, maybe not me. <laughs> Marco, I love this part of our show, Marco's masterclass. What have you got for us this week? Uh, it's on the back of Jin Young Co. hitting. 63 greens in a row. I still have trouble saying it. The last 63 greens of the tournament. The only way you can do this is repetition. Repetition is the key in this game. In fact, what you try and do as a kid, you try and make the game as boring as possible. That's what makes it exciting. That's how you can shoot the low scores because you just repeat. And what I see so many players trying to do is is actually hit the ball a million miles with their backswing. It doesn't work. In this game, you need a backswing and a downswing. Sounds remedial, but I'm telling you, this is the case. And what people do when they're trying to hit the ball a long way is their backswing starts slowly and then ends up quick. And then you can't tell the difference between the backswing and the downswing. It all just melds together. And by definition, it's hard to repeat. So what I tell people is you don't need a slow backswing, but you need a backswing that feels one paced. So once the club gets going, usually by the time it gets past your foot, that's when the club and the backswing feels like it's one paced. When it's one paced, it's very repeatable by nature because yes. you're doing the same thing. Now, whether your um, fundamentals are good or bad, the one thing that is very, very important if you want to have a repeating swing is to have a repeating rhythm. And with a one paced backswing, a rhythm that is repeatable is very, very achievable. So next time you're at the driving range, take it to the golf course as well. Make sure your backswing feels like it's one paced. Go to our uh, Australian Golf Show Twitter feed and I'll have a little video up pretty soon uh, and I'll show you exactly what to do. And you might just uh, hit a few regulation greens. You might hit six in a row. Jin Young Co. (laughs) All right, catch you next week. See you guys.